Hello all, and welcome back. It is episode 106 of the Man to Man NBA show. If you're a longtime listener, we always love having you along with us. If you're a first time, welcome. We hope you enjoy. At Man to Man Podcast on all social media, go check us out, follow us. And today is a very special episode because our man, our fearless leader, Andy Elliott, is back after a week hiatus. If you if you didn't hear, he was out saving homeless puppies in Nashville. It was going around just scooping them up and taking them to loving homes. And, and he got a little carried away. And that's why we didn't have him last episode. And uh, we appreciate that. You know, it, we we want more people like you in the world, Andy. So thank you for being back. How are you feeling after saving all those puppies? Yeah, it's it's funny, man. Um, appreciate you guys having me back. I was I was doing my due diligence and actually was taking to the taking the homeless puppies to the strip club last weekend. So that's where I was. Uh, we can get into it. Lost my phone. It was my buddy's birthday. Got VIP. Hit the hookah bar. Paid for a private dance for the boy. I don't know. He came out bricked up with nothing. So that's all I'll say about that. Lost my phone. I think Faith had it. So Faith, appreciate you. And yeah, the homeless puppies were there too. But uh, I'm back now, baby. I'm feeling good. Appreciate you guys rocking last week, man. Um, I'm feeling good though, man. I don't know about you guys. It's been a weird week in Nashville. Uh, the weather and everything else going on in the world. I've been having nightmares like crazy. Uh, I've been popping these mellies too, man. I don't know how y'all feel about melatonins, but giving me some weird dreams. So last night, I think I had a dream about uh, my high school days. I like hated all my high school teachers, had the worst anxiety in high school and everything like that. And uh, relived this moment in my dream last night where there was uh, my math teacher. I think her name was Miss Brocklebank. Uh, just pretty much caught me cheating. <laughs> Wait, on a t- what? What was her last name? Her name was uh, Meredith Brocklebank. Shout out Meredith Brocklebank. And um, she, yeah, she caught me cheating on a test. I got I was just a really bad high school kid at a private school and just shouldn't have been there in the first place. I went for basketball, didn't even get any PT, so that's I don't know why I was there. Waste of money. Uh, but pretty much, she embarrassed me, caught me, embarrassed me in front of the entire class, and I just relived that moment in my head last night. I was so furious. I woke up and like almost sent a hate email from an anonymous anonymous account. It's Sunday, man. I'm trying to let the Lord talk to me. But um, yeah, man, it's been a weird week. I appreciate you guys having me back, though. This is my therapy. So thanks for uh, welcoming me in. And no hate emails will be sent today because I'm here now. So I can kind of just hate on you guys. Hate on myself a little bit. Well, we're glad, we, glad you made it back. Glad you're safe. Got your phone back, obviously. I'm um. I'm guessing so. I'm glad that you're back on here. We, we held it down, though. We held it down, but it's always good to have you on these. Yeah, you guys were talking about movies and, and what, TV shows or something while the NBA is gone. I'll be honest, man. I wish I was really in. I wish I was a part of that conversation because my guilty pleasure, I just binge-watched Love is Blind season two. You guys familiar with the show? I, I'm familiar with the concept of the show. I've never watched it, but just from the concept alone, Andy, I'm surprised you haven't actually already been on there. I thought I think you would be a hell of a contestant on Love Is Blind. The only reason why I go on a reality TV show is to get that blue check mark. I'm not even kidding. But uh, yeah, I had to explain. I had to. I had to explain that concept to like all my friends last night. You pretty much just talk to somebody, try to find an emotional connection with someone else through a, a thin brick wall or whatever it is you propose to them. And then you physically see them, you see them, what they look like. And uh, a lot of the time it doesn't end up working out because it just, you know, you, you, you imagine one person, what she looks like in your head, then it comes out and you're like, dang, dude, that ain't it. Which sucks, man. So, I mean, that's just the day and age that we live in, but that's what I was watching. That's what I was watching. Also the Kanye doc, I can't really get into it, but uh, yeah. watch the first episode. It's all right. I watched first. Yeah, they're, they're long, hour and a half. I mean, and I watched it. I really enjoyed the first one. I haven't gotten to the second, and then I think the third one may have just dropped, but I, I've, I've been working my way through it. Yeah, I haven't seen a single episode of Love is Blind. I know about it. I I, I mixed that one up, which doesn't make sense because the, the names are totally different, but with like Love Island, whatever that yeah, one's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I can see yeah. you on Love Island, dude. I mean, you're the, you're the, you're talking about me. You're the, we were talking about last night. You're the relationship type, dude. Same with Liam over there. Don't get to the flight attendant, bro. So oh, being no, in no, a re- the relationship type, I feel like makes you not want to go on those shows though. Like, like if you are really into being in relationships, like I don't, like I'm not gonna go beyond The Bachelor. I think that would be, I, I I would I think I would be terrible at The Bachelor. 
Yeah, but if it doesn't work out, then you got a you got a, a plethora of options. I feel like both me and JP are kind of on the same level of we date people for a long time. Like I've had like, you know, two or three serious, serious relationships, everything else. Yeah. I mean, you talk to people and, you know, you, you have, you know, relations with other people, but not like, I don't know. You, 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 you've had a, a serious relationship, but I yeah, feel like you're terrible, more, though. but you're more of that, not the more like serious relationship. Type. I mean, dude, I'm searching for sure, but <laughs> like, I'm still like sliding in DMS and they're working. Like my DMS or my sliding in DMS are so much better than just sliding in and being like, Hey, what's your snap? What's your snap? What's your snap? That's just not working, dude. I come up with the, Hey, where'd you get that? The, what that smile had the casual conversation. I say, can I get out of these DMS? Can I get your number or can I get your Snapchat? And they just they just leave it on red. So now I got to be the guy that just I got to cleanse my phone, dude. I got to just unsend everything that I've sent in a motherfucking DM before. Excuse my French and uh, kind of just make these other people look crazy. <laughs> that is uh, really, really healthy behavior there, Andy. I'm, I'm, and, you know, you guys see why I need it. You guys see realize why I need to see, go see a therapist, right? That it. That's between you and the therapist you choose, brother. I, I'm just happy to have you here. I when when you were not responding and we didn't know where you're. I mean, you didn't have your phone, so that's not your fault. You guys should have hit me up on the email or something, dude. We thought we like we were like Andy could be dead. I mean, he could just be in a ditch somewhere, and we don't even know. So as long as you are here on this Zoom call, things are going well. Well, appreciate you guys having me, man. So yeah, you always head, give me yeah. you always give me crap for like not responding right away. And when I was like, all right, he, there's something either he doesn't have his phone or he's asleep. He had a long night. But when yet last week, I had shit to do. Both of me and JP, I was like, bro, I can't wait no more. I mean, he'll get this message one at some point. We just yeah, I know. run it. You know what I mean? I like, read, I like read the messages when I turned on my phone. I was like, yeah, I guess you guys let me know what the episode's called. I'll, <laughs> you know, I'll listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, y'all y'all killed it, man. But yeah, that's that's my two cents, man. I've kind of it's been a weird week. I've also I also worked out five days this week, man. Like, come on, can we all get back into working out? Dad bods are just not in anymore. I'm trying to take my shirt off come summertime, or I'm just getting ready in case my name gets called to be drafted, dog. I'm trying to get my passport, also, man. I know that might take a couple months. If I got to bounce, I'm bouncing. I'm going to Canada, and I'm not going to Toronto where it's close. I'm going to mother Vancouver, dog. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just getting prepared for a lot of stuff going on right now, man. Trying to cleanse the body and feel better. I feel good though, man. I feel yeah, good. Aaron Rodgers shit, huh? Shout out, um, shout out Dash Radio. Appreciate you guys, man. Oh, we got to yeah. shout out Dash at some point here, right? Oh, I, I yeah, I, I Dash maybe listened to this first five minutes and wondering what the hell's going on. But hey, shout out Dash. Always shout out Dash. And shout out to the Dash listeners. We we know there's a few of you out there running around. We appreciate you every day. All right. Well. I guess we can get into it. You guys are on the right channel. We're going to talk about basketball here. Yeah, we are. We are. We are. We're going to talk about NBA basketball starting now. And we're going to start with James Harden's Philadelphia 76er debut. If you have been living under a rock and you don't know what's going on in the NBA, James Harden was recently traded in a blockbuster trade from the Brooklyn Nets to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons and Seth Curry and Andre Drummond and some other players and picks going back and forth. And he just made his debut now. The trade was at the deadline, so it took about a week for him to get going, and plus the All-Star break. And in his debut, he had 27 points, 8 rebounds, 12 assists on 7 of 12 from the field, including 5 of 7 from 3. Great night, 3-point shooting. 8 of 9 from the free throw line, and a pretty impressive win over the Timberwolves. Uh, just to start, granted, it's been one game. They're actually playing right now against the Knicks, so you know we'll have more repeated trials as the week goes on. But after one full game, the Harden-MB combo looks pretty good, as we all expected it would. Uh, the question I have for you two fine gentlemen is, from a expectation standpoint, would you say this debut was above what you thought was going to happen for James Harden, right at it or below? I'll send it to Hoop first. Hoop, what you got for us? Yeah, so this is my whole take. I think this was the, the idea when we were talking about if this trade was even going to go down. I... I think I remember us saying, I believed, you know, James Harden wouldn't have shot. I mean, if he was going to shoot this down or if he didn't want to be traded, he would have, you know, came out and said it. And basically, it kind of all just kind of fit into place. So this was all obviously was bound to happen for me. And I think 
after seeing James Harden and Joel Embiid in that press conference, Joel Embiid's over there throwing down a whole water bottle. I mean, the match of those two guys just in general, I think you see James Harden kind of enjoying basketball more. I think with the Nets, he was kind of just wondering what's going to happen. When is KD going to come back? When is Kyrie going to, you know, be able to play every single game? So this kind of was like a freedom game. We get to see him kind of loosen and play like loose. Not that he wasn't putting up numbers beforehand and, you know, contributing to a game, but this, he felt more like, I'm just out here playing basketball, no real pressure on me. So for me, totally above expectations in terms of anytime you make a move, you don't know how it's going to work. You you never played with Joel Embiid. He's never played with anybody on this team ever before. And just to get thrown into it so quickly, you see that sometimes it takes a couple of games to get chemistry. So for me, totally above expectations. It's like he never even missed a you know a beat. So shows his professionalism and just how good he is at the game. But at the same time, sometimes you will see that things just don't really work out and it takes time. So to answer your question, I will say it's above my expectations. I think this is, I mean, a really good match. And we'll, I guess we'll have to wait and see how good of a, you know, gel that they can do. But yeah. Right. Yeah. You got to, I'm a little bit on both sides here, but my take is that the 76ers will come out of the East. And, but I also believe that this is like James Harden get out of a toxic relationship, right? It's a rebound situation. The rebound always feels good, but how long does the rebound feel good? You know, first couple of hookups, not bad. Then you miss your old team and then, you know, things start to go downhill. You never know. It's early. Uh, just reading a few things here. Harden five three-pointers in debut. Simmons five three-pointers the entire time playing for the Sixers. Uh, and then you ask the question if Simmons will make that debut against the will go back and play with this uh, against the 76ers with the Nets. His back is sore. Don't know why. He hasn't been he hasn't carried anybody. The other former teammates have carried him the entire time he was there. James Harden, seven to twelve in the debut game from the field. It's tied with the lowest amount of shots this year. He shot 58% from the field, second highest field goal percentage this year. He shot 71% from three. This is his best shooting percentage from three for the entire year. When you have a front runner and Embiid averaging 29, you got guys like Maxi, Seth Curry, Tobias Harris. Maxi is balling, by the way. Other guys that can open up the floor, they're all averaging about 17 to 20 points a game. Gives less stress and more space for James Harden to create his own opportunities. Seven or 12, only shooting 12 shots. If he needs to do that and they still win the game and blow a team out, my God, it's a perfect situation for the guys, right? Joel Embiid doing the water thing. They got a great mix, great two personalities together. But yeah, I mean, my take is they're a balanced team. They look like the Suns, whereas you have, you know, a KD and a Harden together. It's all iso ball. They don't really have any other guys that are on that team that can kind of move the ball around and open up, uh, you know, opportunities for other guys to, you know, drive, kick, things like that, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a great situation for Harden. It's early. My take is, though, that they have enough connection and balance that they will make it out of the East. You look at Giannis, it's Giannis and the other boys playing ball. They've been there. Um, but it's a different year. Everything happens differently every single year. Joel Embiid and the Sixers have almost been there a couple of times. So my take is they're going to come out the East and most likely play a, a Suns team. I only The only thing that I, I'll in my, like, coming off what you're saying, it kind of just, there's no question marks really for me with the 76ers anymore. You know, with the Nets, obviously, you have questions still. When is Simmons coming back? I know you brought that up. And how are they going to gel as, you know, whatever. They have on paper, the Nets probably have the best team on paper out of the East. And I still think they're like a top contending team. But they have the most question marks right now. And the 76ers are starting. I think they only have one question mark. And is can this last? We see it right now in at least this first game, Harden and everybody and, and company work very well together so that's kind of I, I mean yeah it's just good good to and see then that. and then this yeah okay i'm 76ers have more bidets in their restroom okay. <laughs> thought i'd get that out of the way somebody said that they said they have bidets in their restrooms in philly so yeah they're they're good they're good to go dude um JP, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I do want to bring up so so Seth Curry. You you mentioned him as a floor spacer. He is a Brooklyn net now, but they, your point still stands that this team 
is oh built. shit, my bad, dude. Yeah, no, you get you get. I, I I didn't think you 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 meant to mention him, but you did. But now he's a net, so we talked about him earlier. But he is um evidence of what the Sixers have been building, which Daryl Morey, whether he knew it or not, was building a very good team to put around James Harden. Was he that in the plans the whole time? I don't know. That's not up for me to say, but it could have been. He, you know, Daryl Morey comes out and says James Harden is a basketball genius, which he is. And playing with a guy like Joel Embiid, who, I mean, smart basketball guy, but just talent and physical ability across the board is almost unmatched in the league. You put those two guys together, yeah, it's going to work. It's going to work really well. Are they my pick to come out the East? Probably not quite yet. I think there's still some other teams that have been doing this better for longer and will be come playoff time, just more ready. Something else that scares me a little bit is this Sixers team is really dependent on free throws. They're going to shoot a lot of free throws. In his first game, James Harden shot nine. Joel Embiid shoots a ton. He shoots like 11 a game. They're going to score a lot of points off free throws. Eventually, there's going to be games where the refs are just refing it differently. That's how it is. Sure, this may work 75% of the time, but the other 25% of the time when the refs start swatting their whistles, let them play, whatever you want to say, can this team keep scoring points? They probably can, but we have not seen that. So that is one concern I have with this team is, are the free, the, the free throw ball where you score a ton of points off free throws, is that going to continue to work? We will see about that, but this is a good team. They're really good. The, the Sixers, I mean, I, as a fan, as a, just a guy who enjoys good basketball, they are a really, really good team to watch. Are you still picking the Nets then to come out of the East? Is that your, still your take? If you get a healthy Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving can play every game and they sneak in as an eight seed, the Nets, mm-hmm. that is the scariest eight seed of all time. And I don't want – they're probably not my, my pick to come out of the East right now. My pick to come out of the East right now, although I really haven't been fully on them all year, is probably the Heat. This team looks so good. I mean, all the time. And, and they just keep winning games. So, they, But the East is so crowded right now, it, it's it's tough to say. But I will say if the Nets sneak in as that eight seed, I would – I'd hate to be that one seed. That would suck. So we'll see. I, I don't – I, I just like teams that have played together the entire year. I always well, that's I mean, I'm glad you brought the heat up for that, yeah. at least because the heat, you know, they don't have any question marks. They've been, you know, there's they're not making trades. Obviously, they got Kyle Lowry, but they're not making any trades. You know, they kind of been having this chemistry building. My only thing with the Nets then is are the Nets. How long does it take to get chemistry when you make a big you know move like that? For me, it looks like the Sixers. Yeah, you have a question mark about how their chemistry will do, but at least after one game, it looks like James Harden just kind of fits in and there's no real like, oh, you know, do this or don't do that type of thing. So I guess we'll have to wait and see for the Nets, but how long does that take in terms of building chemistry? Because basically that's a whole new, like, I don't know. That's like a whole new like angle of looking and bringing another ball-dominant person that needs the ball in their hands. I think they were building it with James Harden and Kevin Durant, but you add Simmons in there. I don't know. It's just more question marks for me. You also got to ask the question of Doc Rivers, right? Blowing all these 3-1 leads. He's known for that and comes down to what the coach is going to do. Is is Doc Rivers going to make adjustments in the playoffs this year? So that's another liability that you have to think about. That's true. That is true. Doc Rivers is a head coach. You know, I mean, he's, he's won a championship. He's, a, according to the NBA, a top 15 head coach of all time. However, there are blemishes on the resume that are impossible to ignore. And he's the head coach of the Sixers team. At the end of the day, you know, players win games, coaches lose games. But I, it, we'll see. I mean, I do. But then again, is Steve Nash that much better of a coach? We haven't really seen that. Eric Spolstra is the best coach in the Eastern Conference. So another, another point for the Heat. Budenholzer, who's been criticized his entire career, figured out last year, you know, if KD is – three inches further back with a jumper, Mike Boonholzer is probably not the head coach of the Bucks. So that that's kind of, that, that, it's that equal balance we're going to see. I'm glad you brought that up, Andy, because I didn't want to talk about that a little bit. Doc Rivers as the head coach, the blemishes are impossible to ignore. So we'll see. And now, he, now he has a, though he has a player now that he can lean on, almost back to his Celtics game like a Paul Pierce, that he can lean on and be like, hey, I need you to actually win this game for me. And then James Harden is that guy for him now. He's kind of got that, that you know, player that you'd be like, all right, I can only do so much and now go win me this game at the end of the day. So yeah. I think 
he needs that type of player. Like Steve Nash doesn't really have to worry about that because KD is KD. You just give him the ball. He either makes it or he misses it. And then Eric Spolstra, having somebody like a Jimmy Butler, we've seen, especially in the bubble, go win me a game and they will go win you a game type of deal. So I don't know. I think all good coaches obviously have to have a good player, but one in particular of like just lean, like I have to, I can only do so much. I got to lean on you as a player to just, Mm-hmm. be great and, and and win me a game. And I don't well, think Doc Riggers has had that in Philadelphia. Now that he does, I think that's something to to think about. Yeah, when we're talking about good coaches too, you also have to put Billups up there, right? With a 25 and 35 record on the screen, <laughs> 500 at 10. All right, that's just mean. That's just mean what you just said. We're moving on. <laughs> we're moving on. I can't hey, anytime any, any I can get shots. a chance to shoot at you, JP, I'm <laughs> shooting, bro. That I got that so- ammo mean hey, <laughs> he my, we'll talk about it a little bit later he was my sleeper pick for coach of the year and it's not dead that pick is not dead yet it's gonna die very soon but it's not dead yet i, I i'm with you brother that's why i said it uh-huh all right something Coming else back, first day good. back and yeah, he's out I here know. throwing shots i love it disrespectful all right hey. so something that's been big in the nba these last couple days because there's been two very big examples of it but this has been a problem that's been plaguing the nba for a very long time is the end of games are taking absolutely forever. It, it's atrocious how long they're taking. For example, the last 25 seconds of the Lakers-Clippers game on Friday night took over 20 minutes of real time, including one review that took eight and a half minutes. A review. You would think eventually there's only so much you can see in that little clip. Yes, not. And it looked pretty obvious. It looked like LeBron was out of bounds by almost every angle, and they still took forever to review it. Another example, on Saturday night, the last 21 seconds of the Nets-Bucks game took over 17 minutes of real time. A few stats on this one, because this is interesting. There were two timeouts taken, 33 substitutions combined for the both teams, eight fouls, 19 free throw attempts, and one actual field goal attempt. We're talking about a game, a sport, that is reliant on athleticism, incredible things happening, guys making awesome shots. The stuff we love about basketball is just absolutely eliminated in the last 30 seconds, minutes of these games. And as a coach, as a player, it makes sense. The only way to prevent losing some of these games is just extend the game as long as possible. As a fan from a viewing standpoint, it is impossible to be engaged the entire time. Eventually you're just like, there's 20 seconds on the clock. Why is this taking 10 minutes? It's an issue that doesn't have a great solution. So I'm going to ask you guys, First off, do you think this is a problem? Are you when you guys watch these games? Are you like, oh, you know, I love the strategy that's going into this. I love the, what the coaches are doing. Or are you guys like most of us, where you're like, I get it, but can we just please do something here? Or are you, you know, if I guess what my next question would be, what are your possible solutions? What have you guys seen presented? What are your off the wall stuff you want to see possibly implemented? I'll go to Hoop because I, Hoop, I think I know where you're going with this one, and I, and I want to hear what you got to say. Okay, so I I have a take here for in terms of. When you get down to the last like couple minutes of a game, you've been watching a game for at least probably two hours. And when it goes and you get, take 20 minutes for 25 seconds of actual game play or game clock play, that's when you look back and say, damn, I was watching this game for three plus hours now. You know what I mean? So one of the thing ideas that I want to bring up is eliminate all of the like stoppage time in the first, you know, three quarters of the game because ultimately for me, and this is kind of a broader take in the fourth quarter, you know, if you're going to win or lose this game, you you're either, it's a close game and you you're going to, you know, have to play out the fourth quarter or somebody's blowing somebody out. So it's not really a close game and it really doesn't matter, but it's all decided within the fourth quarter for me, obviously there's some outliers and some great comebacks and this and that. Right. But, by the fourth quarter, you know if it's going to be a tight game or if somebody's really blowing somebody out. So eliminate all the stoppage time beforehand. So instead of when you get to the fourth quarter, you haven't been watching a game for two hours. You've been watching it for an hour and a half. Speed up the first because at the end of the day, you want to get the calls right going down the stretch. Because ultimately, like you said, this is where you win or lose a game. You know, you have to, you know, extend the game. You need to do this or do that. And those plays actually matter. The biggest thing is you want to get the call right. 20 minutes for, you know, 
a call or a stoppage is ridiculous. That needs to be, you know, tightened up. And But at the end of the day, I think there was one call where LeBron, I think it was the one you mentioned, LeBron's over there. They were reviewing something that technically they couldn't even review. They're just, the whole play was being reviewed and dissected to make sure everything is right. That is what took so long or something like that. So for me, the review process needs to be changed. I, I still like the review process. That's fine. But maybe, I don't know, there's a lot of things you could bring up here and how to you know fix it. But for me, I don't mind it because at the end of the day, you want to get it right. And if they get it right then and it takes 20 minutes, then fine. I think as a fan, for me, I'm okay with it. I think just solutions, a couple of them, and get rid of the entire Lakers team to begin with. Right? <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> I mean, they're still just trying to find their adjustments in the late in-game solutions and and trying to figure out who they're playing. They're playing Austin Reeves at the, the end of the game, and I realize, you know, he's a bucket. He's got good D, and he's, he's made a buzzer beater before. But what is he doing? Dwight Howard is getting 16 points, 14 rebounds. LeBron James, I mean, from three – the entire team shot eight of 31, 25% compared to 38% from uh, the Clippers. Mello is shooting, uh, uh, I guess, JP, a four-point shot uh, at the very end of the game. LeBron is just too slow to get even past anybody anymore. Their whole team just needs to, to blow up. That's the first solution. They're a joke of a Lakers team. <laughs> uh, reading something right here, Los Angeles Clippers have now beat the Lakers six straight times. Out of their 38 times they've played against each other, the Clippers have beat the Lakers 31 times. Put up a banner in L.A., the Clippers Stadium, I guess, or uh, Clippers Arena, but they both share the arena, a banner of 31 out of 38 dubs against the Lakers. Uh, other solutions, and we're talking about two minutes, right? Let's get weird here for a sec. All the fans need to have clickers like we did in college, college lecture classes. You need to have clickers, and within a two-minute time span, you have to answer what the call is, right? So that's where the home court advantage comes into play. Now, if you don't want to do that, then take it to Twitter, throw up a Twitter poll on the NBA or whatever game you're watching, have fans all across the country that are watching the game decide what the call should be. I don't think that's outlandish. It might be. The first one might be. Um, but let's figure it out, guys. But, yeah, I, I don't know. That's uh, If we're being serious, man. The Lakers just don't know where they're at right now. And the solution is just to kind of be scared whenever they play the Clippers because they're going to get rocked every single game. And it was like a rematch of what we saw with the last game with Reggie Jackson going down the court, hitting this last game, you know, last second buzzer meter. AD is getting the ball somehow from Russell uh, Westbrook and shooting, you know, a, a fader from, I don't know, from 12 feet away. So it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, a lot of things going on wrong with that team right now. The solution is... I think Stephen A said it. Uh, ceiling, first round ceiling for the Lakers. I mean, this, this team's a joke. Andy, I respect your ability to to hate just no matter what. I mean, because you know that that was a uh, you you took what we were talking Andy or what Hoop and I were talking about as like late game solutions, and you said, "Hey, the Lakers suck." All right, like no, I don't care about the late game. The Lakers are trash. And I respect that, and, and you're not wrong. I mean, they do have some some glaring issues, but like for me, for the the late game solutions. I've always been an Elam ending supporter. It doesn't fix every problem. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's something to look into and it's worth it for the NBA because it definitely in overtime, five minute overtimes are, are ridiculous. Overtime should always be first to like 11 points the way I see it. But uh, some other things that have been brought up, which again, I'm not saying these are the right or wrong solutions. I've just seen these brought up are the ability to decline fouls, you know, say, Hey, we don't want We don't want to shoot these free throws. We want to inbound it again. We want the clock to keep rolling. Uh, there, I'm sure there's, you know, typically most point, most coaches would, would keep the points, but sometimes if it's like a seven point game, you just want to keep the clock rolling. You want to inbound it again, waste two more seconds. Just keep doing that. Uh, no back-to-back timeouts. When you take a timeout, you take the ability of the other coach to use a timeout away. It uh, just makes timeouts stronger. It also prevents the, you know, the thing everybody sees all the time where a minute long timeout team sets up an inbound timeout another minute long timeout nothing happens for five minutes basically so that that is something that i've seen uh and then just also any foul deemed intentional under the last minute minute and a half is uh two shots on the ball make basically make it a, like a college tech uh you know prevent these teams from it being like a guaranteed change of possession uh because you know obviously incentivize playing actual defense as opposed to just running and flailing at somebody 
So I, I, I don't know if any of those are right. I don't know if any of them will ever happen. Maybe the NBA doesn't care about this, but it's definitely hurting the product. Um, I like the clickers idea, Andy, get the, get the fans a little bit more involved. That would hey, even if that took 20 minutes with that level of fan involvement, I think people would be down for it. So again, I, I think we could all agree. There is no one solution, but from a product standpoint, a change is needed. And I'm sure it's going to be something that, that they talk about because speeding up games and I, I, Liam, I want to go back to what you said earlier. Having four commercial breaks in a first quarter is absolutely insane. I mean, like that, the, the fact how often that happens is ridiculous. It's 12 minutes of basketball. There should be maybe two, most likely one. So right. it, it's a bigger problem than just what we've even presented. But yeah, there's so many ways to speed up games. There's a lot of solutions. I hope they try them. See, but that's the thing. If it's a good game, that's where I kind of, as a fan, don't mind it as much. Because if it's a good game and I'm really interested, like during the playoffs, if it takes 20 extra minutes or, you know, the last two minutes takes 40, you know, 30 or 45 minutes instead of, you know, actual 15 minutes or how it should, I'm okay with that. Because, A, they're getting all the right calls. Maybe speed up the process, like I said, a little bit in making get, making sure you get it right. That that could be you know reduced, but at the same time, for me, makes the goal should be in order. Get the call right, and then if it means that it takes that much time, then maybe shorten that. But I'm I'm definitely down with replaying and making sure each call is correct. I'm okay with that. And I get that. I get that. That's I get that, point. but why are you starting Trevor Ariza scoring two points? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just putting themselves in this situation. I'm kind of on the other side of you, Hoop, because if I'm watching a good game, like especially if it's a regular season two, and I'm, you know, it's late games, you know, out in the West Coast time, I'm I'm clicking on another channel, man. Like, and I'm like, all right, it's just I'm gonna go back. Oh no, they're still reviewing it. Another commercial break. Okay, fuck this game. Like, I might just check the score at the end of this game. I at the point where it's like two times, three times, and four times. Come on, man. I'm just going to check the score at the end of the game. So it What about in the playoffs then? It, in the I'll, playoffs, I'll watch the playoffs. Yeah, I'll watch so the that's, playoffs. That's, uh, that's why I think it's like, uh, it's okay. Like, let's get these referees, like, this is their, their trial portion of making sure they know how to review and what they can and can't review for the playoffs, right? Right. I'm watching whatever <laughs> I put my money on. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's it helps. Good. It always helps to watch it. You never, you might have a little influence on the game. You never know. Never hey, real, know. real quick. Uh, since we're talking about these LA teams, Luke Kennard almost had it in the three point. Can you guys just go ahead and kind of shame on me and shame me right now for the, uh, <laughs> the hot take that I had. What was yeah. it uh cat cat one? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. No one tried. All right. No one tried in the three point contest. I mean, fleet wasn't my ready. guy tried. JP guys yeah, tried. We, Your guy was second to last, only 16 points. That guy was, I mean, Fred Van Fleet, nothing against him, but that was the the the, the trashest pick I've ever seen in my entire life. Patty Mills was my second pick. <laughs> he has a beautiful form and beautiful shot. He just he was just a little nervous, man. The jitters were hitting him a little bit. Um yeah. I don't I know, man. I think it's rigged. That cat was wearing the the chain. It's all rigged. I think there was something where you know, he, he was going to win in the first place. He was telling me, guys, I got the chain on. Just let me win in for Madre. I get it. It's what it is. <laughs> I don't know if that, that really works. I mean, the ball does have to still go in the basket. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's true. Um, uh, for anybody who has no idea what we're talking about, uh, a couple episodes ago, uh, Mr. Andy Elliott proclaimed he was betting his spot on the podcast as <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns would not win the three-point contest, which he did. He won it handily. Uh, it was it, it, and even though Andy's still here, so not sure what happened to that bet, but yeah, it was. Uh, he, he we shamed you a little bit on the podcast last week, so we'll we'll let you we'll let you off easy this time, especially because you know you were saving those homeless puppies. So you yeah, had, well, uh, you I, I, to be fair, I kind of swimmed my way in and out into this podcast without you guys really letting me in, just like I did mm -hmm. how how I came out into this world in the first place. Yeah, so. we just we didn't switch the uh, Zoom passcode, so you know what are, yeah. what are we gonna do? That's, That's fair. Us. That's yeah. fair. Appreciate it. All right. Trivia question time, boys. Y'all ready? Yeah. Yes, master. All right. So trivia question last week was who holds the record for most points scored in an all-star game. As many people knew in the TikTok comments, it was Anthony Davis with 52. Steph Curry made it very interesting on the all-star game with a 50 bomb this year. He did not break it, though. AD still holds that record. 
So congratulations to everybody who got in the TikTok comments. We appreciate y'all looking out, commenting, liking, sharing, doing all that stuff. And as always, this will be a TikTok eventually too. Make sure you go check it out. Get your input in in the comments. Although if you're listening to this, you already know the correct answer. So don't cheat too hard, please. Today's trivia question is on March 10th, just a couple weeks, the Brooklyn Nets go to Philadelphia to play the 76ers, two teams we've talked about at length already this episode. Obviously, this will be a big game for many reasons. Tickets are highly sought after. On Ticketmaster right now, what are the cheapest courtside sideline tickets available for resale? Yeah, so I did a little research in terms of not looking up what the answer is, but in terms of what the average courtside seat is in the NBA this year. And it's without the outliers, which some Laker games have, you know, uh, some, some big numbers, same with the Heat. It's about $1,200. So that's where I'm going to start my uh, my guess. Um, but this game is huge, right? This has to be a, a big game. Um, probably add another, you know, probably another $1,000 to mine. So probably $2,200 is my guess, I would say, if I had to. Oh, we're guessing the price here? Yeah. Not even a team, just price? The price for the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers game. Oh, okay. Word. Courtside um, sideline tickets. Did you just not, you just tuned out while he, he JD just, was saying it? So I got some money on this Illinois game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> At 46 38, about to go into half. Good call on that over, JP. Illinois is getting buckets as well. Um, Man, courtside for the game. Can we get a hint? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all got your, y'all want to take your question or your hint first? Probably just a hint, right? All right, hint first, I will say that a few weeks back, I had a, a trivia question that I had loaded up. I ended up not using it for you guys, but it was the Nets-Lakers game back when everybody was healthy. Those courtside tickets were going for minimum $10,500. So that's the kind of price range we're looking at here. So it's in that price that, range is what you're that, like that is, So that is, I mean, granted, LA, it was in LA, so prices are going to be a little bit higher than usual, but... That like I, that for a baseline reference for y'all, that game had courtside tickets at ten thousand five hundred. Well, my yeah. guess was way to fuck off. <laughs> ten thousand five hundred. I'm thinking. I mean, for this game, I'm probably saying like three thousand, dude. I'll go. He just said it was around ten, and you said three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say. I'll say like eighty eight hundred. That would be my guess. Eighty eight hundred. Y'all want to use your question? Yeah, question is 3,000, correct? <laughs> I, I'm giving y'all a chance to get closer if you want. Because right, I can 3, say 3,000. Yeah. Or Okay, okay, okay. Here's the question. Over under 12,000. Uh, Over under $12,000, under. Over under five. No, that's you got one question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll go. Uh, I'll stick with mine. 8,800 8, for who? Yeah. I'll stick with mine. 30, uh, 3,000, $3,000 for (laughs) not 33,000, but let's 3,300. Let's do that one. 3,300. All right. 33, 8,800. The correct answer is these tickets, minimum courtside sideline seats are going for $7,000. And there are even some tickets all the way up to $10,750. Something you guys didn't take into account necessarily, maybe, is these are resale tickets. They have gone to Ticketmaster and have already been bought once and resold. So the prices are going to be up a little bit. Um, and generally speaking, like you guys said, it's a big game. And uh, yeah, courtside tickets this season for pretty much any game are, are 2000 plus just because teams are, you know, first season back from COVID fully, everything like that. Prices are up. So, yep, 7000 This I'm going to give that one to – neither of y'all were winners, but uh, if anybody, it was hooped because he was actually in the right – it was only eighteen hundred off. So, oh, yeah. hey, that was a tough one though, boys. I like y'all's like y'all's thought process. I, I gave you that. This is a little different trivia question. I want to see how y'all go about it. So, good job. I, I got. I'll, I'll give y'all some claps. All right, cool. I appreciate. Thanks. It. Yeah. All right, now the trivia questions out of the way. Let's hop right into game of the week. It's our first game of the week back in a couple of weeks due to the All Star break. Take it away. Most of the games and most of our selections. So today, you know, I'm gonna say it. The records are wiped clean, boys. Zero and zero. Everybody zero and zero. We're, we're starting fresh. We're starting new. The brand new half of the season, and uh, I don't want to talk about my old record. So zero and zero. Uh, 
My game of the week is Heat at Bucks on Wednesday. This is two top-level teams in the East. It's really going to be a pickup game, uh, maybe one and a half either way. But uh, either way, I'm going with the Heat. This is a team that they know come playoff time they're going to have to be better than the Bucks. So they probably will have to beat them at some point. So I'm going to take the Heat because they're going to give everything they got. Uh, the Bucks are sputtering a little bit right now. I've lost four of their last five, including to the you know the Nets, basically just the fighting Kyrie Irvings. Um, and the Heat is – the Heat are – excuse me, the Heat are playing incredible basketball right now. Um, I'm going to take the heat in the, uh, with the spread, no matter what it is. I'd imagine they'll be probably a one point favorite, but you know, on the road, who knows, but heat spread. I'm nuking it brother. Yeah. I like that because I, I, I like that because I'm also taking a bucks game and I also taking them. I'm not, this isn't my bet, but I'm thinking they'll probably might lose this one as well. But um, my game in a week is going to be Friday bucks um, versus the bulls. And the last, I think, last four of the five games that DeMar DeRozan has played, he's over in points has hit. Um, they have two games before this, I believe, this week. Um, but, I mean, he's had 40, 38, 37, and 31, which his line for points was sitting at like 26, I think, 26 and a half or 27 and a half um, uh, right before the All-Star break. So, I think he's going to pick up right where he left off and he's just going to keep scoring. The, that's kind of his role this year, kind of why he's up for, you know, some awards as well. Um, so I'm going to take DeMar DeRozan over probably 26 or 27 um, still, just because it's still first, you know, week back from break. So I'm going to take it over and, and hope that he, uh, you know, doesn't uh, or starts where he left off. And uh, that'll be my game of the week. I don't know about you, man, but can I nuke that one as well? I mean, it is your money. You can nuke whatever you feel like you want to nuke. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> All right. So my game of the week is going to be, let's see, Thursday night. Uh, the Grizzlies in Boston playing the Celtics, playing Tatum. Uh, Jalen Brown, these guys just combined for 53 points. These guys are 13 and two, the Celtics, in the past 15 games. What, how did they turn around like that? They're there, though. Don't sleep on them. Uh, Thursday night, TNT, 7 30 Eastern time. Ja just went for 46, career high. Congrats, Ja. Congrats. You're going to lose this game, though. And uh, I'm going against my hometown Memphis Grizzlies team. I think, I think the Celtics are rocking it right now. Um, big comeback against the Pistons. I know it's the Pistons, but I mean, Tatum and, and what they're doing over there, they're kind of, it seems like they're clicking. Uh, they do have Ennis Freedom in the lineup. He will be playing. And the Grizzlies are without Yves Pons. So I don't know. This could be, this could be a big game for the Celtics to dominate. And um, I'm going to take the Celtics spread, whatever it is. It's probably going to be like a minus four and a half. Their favorites in this game. Right. It's always a yeah a fun game. Wondering does does Andy know who Yves Pons is, or did he just see him on the injury report and think that guy probably does something for the team? He's probably not like the equipment manager. Hey, shout out Tennessee boy, baby. Of course, I know yeah. who that is. Uh-huh. All right, that takes us to the back half of the episode where we're going to focus on the awards updates. Uh, way back at the beginning of the season, we did something similar with some preseason awards predictions. Uh, there's an article up on Man to Man Podcast.com really breaking these picks down, but we'll give a little condensed version here on the pod for anybody listening, some betting information, stuff of that nature. And we're going to start with MVP because it's the most important award. And uh, it's the award most people care about and talk about Uh, right now. I think it's pretty fair to say that like eight people, eight players in the league right now have legitimate MVP cases. Um, But it's probably come the end of the season going to be a three man race maybe a two-man race. I think uh, the top three right now in order are Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Giannis Adetokounmpo. And I'd say DeMar DeRozan's right there at four with a couple other guys, Steph, Luca, Ja, kind of bring out the pack. Devin Booker concluded, want to mention him. But the big men are, are dominating right now. They really are. Um, personally, Joel Embiid was my preseason pick. That pick has gone up and down with betting odds, but right now he is the betting favorite, which is usually a pretty good trend to follow. Mm. Um, I, I like big Joe and I love these other two guys too, but right now I'm going to ride with my pick. I'm going to go with big Joe. I think he, especially with the inclusion of James Harden, 
I don't think that's going to hurt his chances. If anything, it's going to help it because he's going to become a more efficient scorer. Joel Embiid, MVP, is still my my pick. Yeah. Okay. So this is where there's a there's a little distance between what do you take? You know, if you're betting on this, and then if you're just outright picking a winner, because I think you're a hundred percent correct in saying Joel Embiid right now, if he continues to do this with James Harden on his team and putting up the numbers he does, and they keep winning, you know, if they slide and maybe, you know, pass the Bulls here and and make it interesting with the Heat and battling for the number one seed in the East, then he's outright going to win it. There's not even going to be any questions. So realistically, I think that's probably your safest bet. It's still, you know, plus money right now, I think, uh, for Joel Embiid um, to win. But if you're looking at the other, you know, available options for me i think you can't not put a little maybe you know a little flyer on demar Derozan because if they end up being the first you know number one seed in the east and demar Derozan still putting up you know basically a 40 clip every night and you know why can't they be why can't he be in the you know conversation for the mvp i think if that continues to happen then you the narrative will shift for DeMar DeRozan, and it'll be him and Joel Embiid, and who basically whoever wins the East will get it. That's kind of my two takes for that. So I think I'm, I'm riding with you on Joel Embiid, probably practically most likely will win it if they continue to win and push up the, the standings a little bit here. But don't count out DeMar DeRozan if they, you know, finish number one in the East. So I would, for the, I think he's at like 1,200 or something for, for betting odds right now. Why wouldn't you at least throw, you know, half a unit or a unit or two on that? So it's interesting. That's cool. You know, I get that. The Mars say it unless I like it. And, you know, Joel Embiid, I get it. you wrote about him in the beginning of the season. You want to ride with your pick. I get it. JP, I respect it because I'm riding my pick as well. Did we not just see Steph Curry go off for 50 in the All-Star game? Let's relax here, guys. All right. I know it's getting next month. We're going to be talking about it again. Next month after that, Steph Curry is still in this. All right. He's probably plus you know, 8,000 million, but he's still there like fifth or sixth. So I'm still riding my pick 20, 26, a game still Curry, the greatest, most entertaining shooter that we've ever seen in our entire lives. Joel Embiid, he might be there. Jokic might be there. Giannis might be there. DeMar might be there, but if Curry goes all the way and takes him, takes that team uh, against the Suns in the Western conference finals. And what if they win it? Right. Don't they, don't they announce these awards like right before the finals? I'm just saying, Number two in the West, Curry, dude. I'll still rock him with Curry. They they do announce them later. The votes will have been in significantly before that. But yes, I mean they're they're talking. I, I don't the Steph Curry pick for me is he's a long shot now. If you want a good value bet, I mean shit, ten dollars, ten dollars on Steph Curry right now, probably in the worst thing in the world. But I I, I think the ladder right now, not to do the ladder because everybody does the ladder, but just because we've already talked about all these guys, is probably and Bede, Jokic, Giannis, DeMar, Ja, Steph, Booker right now, I'd say is probably what we're looking at. See what I, happens yeah. in the playoffs. No, it doesn't matter for MVP. <laughs> the voting's, voting's over. done before the playoffs start. It's before even the first This round. is a regular season yes. award. <laughs> yes. This guy is so. like, oh, damn. I, uh, I might change uh, my thoughts. Oh, let, let me go back to my <laughs> fan door real quick. All right. I got Steph, dude. I got Steph. Sorry, dude. I respect you riding it, man. Always ride it out. You know, I like to ride them. A far less exciting race is going to be Defensive Player of the Year, as it always is. Uh, And this year is especially unexciting for Defensive Player of the Year because nobody has really stood out. Uh, There's been a lot of guys who have been pretty good. uh, But generally speaking, this is kind of probably going to be a chalk award again. Uh, Rudy Gobert is still the betting favorite. He was also my preseason pick. Uh, I didn't really want to pick him, but I didn't have anybody else that I thought – had a good chance. Uh, somebody who may be sneaking up the ranks, though, a lot of inside information says he might, he would probably get a lot of votes right now is Mikhail Bridges with the Suns. Incredible perimeter defender. The guy is built to be a good defender in the NBA. He's got stupidly long arms. He's athletic. He's fast. He's got great instincts, and he plays on the best team, which is usually a pretty good recipe for success for the defensive player of the year. Um, if you want a good value bet, Mikhail Bridges is definitely the way to go. Mm-hmm. Practically, though, when it gets to the end of the season, the way these voting, the regular season, the way these votes go is 
the most voters look at everything that's happened. They see Rudy Gobert was really good again, and they root for Rudy Gobert because he's the best defensive big in the league. And defensive bigs have a more of an impact on the game than defensive wings. It's just a fact. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go. I, I think Rudy Gobert is probably still the pick, although I'd love to see a wing win this award again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right now, Rudy, obviously, I think he's minus money um, on most sports books right now to win. I'm going to I'm going to throw my take out here for Giannis, because I don't think Giannis is going to win the MVP. I think I know he's up there in conversations, but I think somebody else is going to jump in there. If it's not Joe, the Joker and if it's not Joel Embiid, obviously, I think it will be DeMar. I don't think. Giannis is up for MVP. They don't like to just keep handing the MVP award to the same person every single year if they have similar resumes to somebody that, like a Joel Embiid, that is doing basically the same thing and hasn't won it. So this is where I think they'll look and say, you can't just count out, you know, Giannis and what he's been doing. Obviously, Giannis is a great defensive player. I think he's around plus 300 on most sports books to win defensive player year. And obviously, Rudy Gobert has won it a handful of times now. Um, so I think they might switch it up, especially because Giannis won't win MVP. There's your there's your little, you know, flyer pick for defensive player of the year, and I'll go with Giannis. <laughs> Andy, you cooking something Andy, up? You, you Andy's over Steph there. Curry too? <laughs> Andy's over there. His mind. All the, all the things I've turned in in his mind right now. And we are talking about the NBA, and we're talking about defensive player of the year. You know what I'm saying? I have no idea, man. I did not come prepared for this one. Uh, out of bio? So, yeah, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, know, it's, not, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. I had him as my uh, third place last year. But, yeah, I, I don't think Bam is winning defensive player of the year. But I appreciate you bringing another viewpoint to the table, Andy. But what about uh, Lowry, though? Almost. No, nah, that's a sis. Never mind. Uh, all, right, all right. Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. <laughs> uh, rookie of the year is probably, besides MVP, the most exciting race this season because there have been so many good rookies. Uh, this draft class is proving to be one of the best we've seen in a long time. Cade Cunningham, number one overall pick after a oh my start, making a big run. However, this award is Evan Mobley's to lose. It, Thank it, you. He's, been, he's been the best from the beginning of the season all the way through. He's on the best team. His numbers, while aren't mind-blowingly good, is if you watch the game, Evan Mobley, if he wasn't a rookie, would be in contention for defensive player of the year. That is how good he's been on defense. He's getting, you know, Kevin Garnett comparisons already. He's really good. I like Evan Mobley a lot. I like Kid Cunningham a lot. I like Jalen Green a lot. I like Franz Wagner a lot. I like a lot of these guys. Scotty Barnes, don't want to forget about him because he's been playing out of his mind recently. But Evan Mobley is going to win this award. I, I don't think it's even going to be close. I, I Although... It's still up in the air, but I got Evan Mobley. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's minus money on some books right now. Like that's that's kind of what we're looking at. So yeah, big big minus money. I think it's all the yeah. way up to like minus like 800. Um, Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's definitely his to lose. I would though. I want to just not that I would you know throw my money anywhere else. I'm not going to put. If I was betting, I'm not putting any money on any of these guys for rookie of the year because just the value's not there. But I want to put just some light on Io DeSumo's name. He's out here. He's oh averaging. He's averaging for the, I mean, for the Bulls, he's averaging like almost 30 minutes a game leading into all-star break. So he's out here. He's making, he's making moves. He's contributing to a winning team. So really he's probably the rookie of the year in my books um, besides uh, Evan Mobley, but. That is a bias ass pick, dude. <laughs> I'm just saying, bias pick. You gotta, you gotta shine some light on his name, man. I ain't shining all, anybody's light. that lost me the most money in March Madness last year. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I mean, I got hey, Evan Mobley. Is- I've had Evan Mobley. That's my answer. But come on, dude. I, I get what, and we talked about this. We talked about this, didn't we? You got random dudes playing up until the All Star break. Come you know, on, it man. doesn't doesn't discredit what he's his numbers are, are looking like. That's fine, but no one's playing. No one's no one's really worrying about those those two weeks leading up to All Star. Wait, wait, wait till playoffs come. You like to talk about playoffs? See what Io is doing in the playoffs. If I like Io. Yeah. I like Io. You just it, say, "Hell no!" You he lost you the most money. You got bias towards his <laughs> towards him. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. If this award was their performance based on expectations, Io would be running away with it. That that is a fact. Because right? Io has been. I mean, he was a 
late first round, early second round pick, you know, very like was really good at UI, but there are so many scouts talking about his games that it wouldn't translate. At the end of the day, you know, if you are athletic enough and play good enough defense and hustle a lot, you can get some points and some burn in the NBA, especially on a Bulls team where he, he has the perfect role for his skill set on this. Liam, you don't even know how to spell his first name. A-Y-O? Yeah, I do. Come on now. Whatever. You want All me right. to try to spell his last name too? D-O-S-U-M-M-U? Or M? There's, yeah. D-O-S. Yeah. There's a there's U-M-M-U, an M M U, right? There's an M N U in there somewhere, I think. Yeah. Where's Miss Brocklebank when you need her? <laughs> I think the N comes before the M, actually. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does for sure. Uh, okay. See? Yeah, okay. See? Next next uh, word. Next award. Yeah. Yeah. Most improved player. Now of every award in the the docket here, besides probably coach of the year, this award is always the hardest to guess because how do you know who's gonna improve the most you don't there's really no way to predict it um there's a couple guys i think that are kind of separating themselves from the pack here but this is where the most improved player problem is presented very heavily this year because i think it's it's pretty easy to say the guy who's taken the biggest leap from good to great has been john Morant this year going from a guy who was a really good 20 and 7 maybe a little bit inefficient to this year being an MVP candidate on this Grizzlies team and lighting the league up, like Andy was talking about earlier, 46 points, an absolute dynamo, incredible ball handler. Mm. That leap is more important than any and any other player's leap in the league this year. And by that definition, he should be most improved. That's what the books say. They also think he's going to win. He's minus money on most books. However, if we're talking about just most improved, generally speaking, from where they were to where they are now, you got to look at Anthony Simons out in Portland. He has been... That's a wise take. Come whoa, whoa, on. Hey, hey. I would love for either of y'all to present somebody besides John Moran who has gotten better from one year to the next to Anthony Simons this season. And I guarantee you can. I Anthony Simons. One. No, I you don't. No, I do. Anthony Simons has gone from a role-playing three-point shooter to a legitimately good starting guard in the league. He's one of the best three-point shooters. He's one of the a very good on-ball defender. He can distribute. He done turn the ball over. And on a horrendous Blazers team, he's putting up outstanding numbers. Anthony Simons deserves recognition for this award. He's probably not going to win it. It's probably going to go to Ja, but I want to shout out my guy. And I would love to hear who you think who has improved more than Anthony Simons this year. All right. So, obviously, just to, to explain, Ja Morant, this is also Ja Morant's to lose. So, he's – he. I mean, I think he'll win it because um, he's turned into a, a, a superstar, basically. Yeah. But – the, the guy that has the most change in his game this year is DeJounte Murray. That guy is out here exploding for the Spurs from last year to this year is like night and day, right? So that's who I, that's who I had down on my list as the guy, if you want to throw a flyer, if he's going to, if Jaw's going to lose it, this guy is out here just, I mean, he's, he's the guy. He's pull up the numbers right now. He's averaging 28 and nine. Pull up the numbers. What are, what are we talking about? He's almost averaging a triple-double. That guy's out here balling. What are we talking about here? All right. Before Andy, before you go, DeJounte Murray's numbers last year. Yeah, what was his numbers last night? 15.7, uh, 7.1, 5.4 line. This, this year, year, 28 and, and 9. Anthony Simons last year was 7-2-1. and one. This year, he's up to 17 points a game, three and four. I mean, and that's he, not that even been, he Oh, don't even. He hasn't even been starting for most of the year. Since he's been starting, he's averaging like 26. It's because Damian Lillard was good. DeJounte Damian Murray Lillard's was a better pick than I thought. He was. I, I will admit that. I forgot about DeJounte. He has not taken more of a leap than Anthony Simons. Well, it's because of the Portland team has been, you know, Damian Lillard's been hurt games. They don't even see anything from uh, – What's his name this year? McCollum. He didn't even really play for you guys this year. So what are we? That's why his numbers are going up. They're bad too. So that could help too. The team's not very good. Somebody has to score. All right, my a turn. ten point <laughs> jump. A ten point jump is is incredible. It is. It is, and we'll give it to him. But he's not going to win it. And uh, neither is uh, Dejounte Murray. Although shout out to first time All Star. We're not talking about Miles Bridges anymore. Or what's going on here? I'm looking at his numbers. 12 to 19, um, two assists to four, 
rebounds six to eight. Like, are we not talking about this guy anymore? Because I thought he was the front runner all year up until Jaw started going, you know, astronaut mode. It, I, the problem, the Miles Bridges, you are right. He has improved significantly. He just, he's fallen off a little bit. And uh, the, the, I think the Hornets as a whole have kind of stagnated, which is hurting his case. But I, wow. I, he's not a bad, he's not a bad value bet right now. I mean, I, I, I don't think he's going to win it, but. This is Jaws award to lose. Every, we're arguing about a lot of stuff that's not going to matter because Jaws going to win this award. Okay. Okay. My second pick was going to be Kemba, but whatever. <laughs> that's a good one. I like it. That's like your Julius Randle MVP pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then after most improved, sixth man of the year. Uh, there's there's not much to talk about here. Tyler Hero's going to win this award. Uh, yeah. it, Can we all disagree on that one? Yeah. Yeah. There's I mean, He's been a 20-point scorer off the bench. One of the best players. Not just – in the league this year, but certainly the best player off the bench. And there's nobody that's really even close to him. Anybody else who was a preseason pick has uh, either ended up starting or not performed. Uh, it's going to be Tyler Hero. Hey, shout out Kevin Love, though. I know he's up there. Mm -hmm. And I think he's second in most books right now. But haven't heard yeah. that name in a while. Yeah, he, he is. Kevin Love is, has overperformed this year significantly, which is tough to say considering Kevin Love is probably a borderline Hall of Famer. But, uh, yeah, he as a six man, he's been really good for this team. And then coach of the year. Now this one is interesting. I don't think anybody really ever cares that much about coach of the year. And there's like also like three different coach of the year awards, but we're going with the, the NBA's coach of the year award. And um, there's a lot of guys who have legitimate arguments for it, but I'm going to go with JB Bickerstaff as we were just talking about the Cavs. Uh, Bickerstaff in his career has kind of been known as like not a head coach guy. He's, he's had a couple stints, but he's either a tank commander or a guy you bring in to get you to the next head coach. But for this Cavs team, he's been really good. He, especially losing Colin Sexton early in the season, has made it work. Granted, Darius Garland, who's also a most improved player candidate, but it, it, again, will probably not win it. His leap has helped a lot. And Evan Mobley's emergence and Jared Allen just being really good. But I think overperforming expectations, developing good young players, and generally speaking, being a guy that's been kind of probably unheralded his entire career as a coach, all three of those things adding up is usually a good coach of the year candidate. So I don't think he's actually the betting favorite right now. I believe that is Monty Williams on most books. But uh, I, I think Bickerstaff end of the year will win it. Yeah, so. uh, Bickerstaff's plus 500, around plus 500 on most books. Uh, obviously, Monty Williams, he's, I mean, he's the favorite. I don't hate that, but I think if you're going to take a, you know, a flyer or something on a, on a coach, I would, we've been kind of talking about them, but I think you have to throw Eric Spolstra in that mix. If they're going to be the number one seed, they always look at the number one seed, uh, you know, team and how they perform. Eric Spolstra is silently just kind of just getting the job done, getting the number one seed in the East right now. So, I mean, what are we talking about? I think if he, I think he's like plus 1200 or around there. So obviously I think Monty Williams is there because the Suns are doing so well in the East. Why not take the favorite in the, in the or take the favorite in the East, and just like you're doing for the West. So mm. plus 1,200, if they stay there, not a bad value bet for right now. Yeah, a lot of confidence in that. What are we talking about thing? Dude? <laughs> What's up with that, dog? What, well, let's I, talk, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? I'll tell you what we're talking about is the number two team that's a game behind. Billy D. What are we talking about? They, that, barely that, made, yeah. they, they didn't even make the playoffs last year, bro. No, that's a good pick. Billy Donovan is a, is a good value bet. Another good value bet, Taylor Jenkins with the Grizzlies. Guys like, like no. kind of all in this this little middle tier here where it's like if all of a sudden this team blows up towards the end of the year, there's going to be some votes there. I, 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 I'm I sticking with Bicker Staff, though. I just don't think they're going to give it to Billy because it's they're going to make the conversation around DeMar DeRozan because if they're going to keep winning, DeMar DeRozan's that guy, and that's the narrative that it's going to be. It's not going to be Billy Donovan, even though he's, you know, done a – tremendous job with this group of guys the conversation will and the narrative will be around how well DeMar DeRozan is playing so I don't think Billy Dobbin will get as much credit um in that but as he I, should I, at least yeah I, I don't hate that at all though for sure uh, all right that's all the awards uh any other players we want to shout out real quick just they probably won't win any awards but uh Luke has been awesome this year he's probably an MVP candidate but he won't win any awards but when he's healthy he's been Absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, I, I think I think everybody who deserves to be recognized for their seasons this year is going to be recognized in some fashion. So I don't think that's going to be a problem. Yeah. 
I mean, shout out to the Raptors too. That whole yeah. situation, not having fans and stuff, and still getting getting the job done. Um, they'll probably make the playoffs too, for sure. I don't see them falling too far, but yeah, I like that. Um, Tough first round matchup, Raptors. Yeah, uh, Zion coming back. I guess who knows? Zion's not. I guess he doesn't want to be on that team anymore. Markel Fultz coming back. CJ McCollum's kind of balling out of nowhere. Yeah, I guess not out of nowhere. He's like the most underrated player. Trey Young went off this week. Isaiah Thomas is going for forty in the last three games in the G League for the Nuggets. So, is he? Uh, is he good? Is is? I don't know. The question with Isaiah Thomas is weird. Is he good enough to be on an NBA team or play for an NBA team? Or does he have to find like does he have to find an NBA team that's just really good at defense because he is a defensive liability? Or is it just I, I, is yeah. he played for the Lakers this year? I know, but fuck, dude, no. that's the Lakers. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas is in that that little band where it's it's he at this point he's not good enough to be in the NBA, but he's way too good to be playing in the G League. I think if he went overseas, he could have an incredible little back half of his career. But mm. I love Isaiah Thomas. The story of the Celtics was awesome when he was like third in MVP voting, but we there it, it's over. It's over. It's, it's done. It's done. Yeah, for sure. Oh, he, yeah. He, like the typically, an NBA team can scheme enough to hide a guy on defense. It is. <laughs> it, it, it you cannot hide him. He's gets abused every single game. So, no it unfortunately. Although it has been fun to watch him hoop, I watch his highlights, and the game has not changed. So that that has been cool to see. Yeah. Well, I uh, I appreciate uh, having Andy back on here. Uh, Thanks good. for having me. Good to, good to see his face again on this NBA show. Uh, yeah, I guess with that, I'm going to namaste you guys out of here. So namaste to you guys. Namaste. Namaste, namaste. Yeah. Namaste. We'll see you all next week. Only in the night. It ain't about nothing. I'm straight hustling.